This is a Vulgarity Podcast. I am your host, Roger Stevens. Welcome to the show. Turn that down. Pelican. March to the Sea. Remastered Edition. So, what do we have to talk about today? Uh, a lot of stuff has happened over the past... Uh, couple days since I last posted. I'm going to try this. But um, the most important thing is that Donald Trump has uh, been ordered to pay $355 million to, uh, to the order of the uh, New York for God knows what. Haven't really done my research and looked into that. But uh, I guess he's out with a new sneaker, a new rift to uh, juice some more money out of his supporters. Hold on. A whole line of sneakers. That he claims that he's been wanting to do for 12 or 13 years. I'm not buying it. I mean... <laughs> I mean, Trump has done literally everything from... I'm going to turn that off. From... Uh, steaks, water, vodka... Just whatever you can name it, he's he's done it. Trump water. So now he's out with um, two or three sneakers that look like complete garbage, and then um, uh, some perfume for women and cologne for men. Just uh, take a listen. That's the real deal. That's the real deal. You know, I've wanted to do this for a long time. I have some incredible people that work with me on things, and they came up with this, and this is something I've been talking about for 12 years, 13 years, and I think it's going to be a big success. It's very important. What's the most important thing? To go out and vote, right? There it is. We have to go out and vote. That's the real deal. Oh, yeah. The most important thing is to go out and vote. That is what he is saying. Because he's so desperate to uh, to get those voters back. And a lot of people may forget that uh, Wardstown plant, Wardstown, Ohio, GM plant, was slated to close. And if you know anything about Wardstown, you know that it has closed. And uh, he had said... Let me see if I can pull that clip up. But uh, he had said that he was going to stop it. Let's see. You can't even fucking find it on here. Let's see. Let's see if I can pull that clip. Hmm. <laughs> Wow, I can't pull it up anywhere. 
Trump promised to save the Wardstown, Ohio, failing auto factory. In 2017, GM closed the factory on March 6, 2019. 4,500 jobs lost over four years. Um, so there you go. That's, uh, that's a big loss. And he's uh, claiming to want to save the uh, auto workers. See, here we go. Trump, we got your back. The auto workers are going to support this guy like we did in 16, 20. We're going to do it again in 24. Everybody's going to get out and vote. We're going to vote. 85 million of us are going to vote for this guy. They can't cheat enough to beat him. I love you, brother. This guy looks like Hulk Hogan. He's fighting the fight. Thank you, brother. And then Trump said they had nice muscles. <laughs> and he told the guy that he's going to be out of a job within a couple of years. So, I mean, that's that's the reality of America is that there's no laws that America is not standing up for these um, for these workers because. If America said, hey, as soon as you move out of this country, you are no longer going to be able to sell in America, then maybe these American companies would think twice. Who knows? Like most big companies in America are manufactured overseas, in China specifically, and some of the plants are now moving to India. But um, just cheap labor and uh, loose guidelines within regards to factory work and child labor walls and all this stuff, it gets exploited by these American companies. And that's the biggest thing, you know. You can't keep jobs in America when uh, those pesky workers are unionizing and and wanting to, uh, you know, demand fair wages and and have OSHA and all that. You know, these companies would rather ship everything overseas and pay the pay the import costs. Ooh, sorry. Sorry about that. I'm just drinking uh, the Beast Unleashed. I don't really know what these are called, actually, the hard monsters, but <sighs> the white one has my endorsement. And, uh, yeah, that's the state of our state of our union currently. It's very unclear on... Um, how this presidential race is going to go, two grandpas, and uh, well, according to that, the United Auto Worker, I don't know what his role is in the union, but he said that he's going to, 85 million auto workers are going to vote for Trump, so yeah, we're going to vote so much that they can't cheat this time, Mr. Trump, Mr. President, please. God, people are so fucking delulu. But that's beside the point. Um, recently, my father sent me an article that I thought was interesting. He sent a uh, an article from a Jewish news site. Um, I'm not even going to pull it up. But it's a Jewish news site that published this through the eyes of a soldier sort of article where one of the soldiers went through, you know, 
his point of view, his POV of being drafted or being called to service and all this. And honestly, um, my dad's a very pro-Israel um, conservative. And I, I don't... My thing is with that is if you are... If you are pro-Israel or pro-war or pro-anything, I mean, I could go back into post-2001, uh, and I'm sure there's plenty of articles. Oh, plenty of articles. <laughs> Sorry. Plenty of articles that um, are through the eyes of the soldier in regards to going overseas and fighting in Afghanistan, and I'm sure it's all heart wrenching and tear jerking and and all that. Let me get this fucking phone off of here because every time it vibrates, it's creating a buzz noise. I don't like that. Um, so does that article really show me or change my mind about about the war and the conflict in the Middle East? No, it doesn't. Um, the facts are very clear 20 years after the Afghanistan and Iraqi wars that we basically went over there. And I've said in, in the first episode, I said that we blew shit up or in the last episode, uh, sorry, that we went over there and blew shit up. And that's, I mean, you can own that, right? We went over there and totally obliterated, um, their country. And then we pulled out 20 years later. That's everybody made their money and we left. That was the. The entire plan was to knock all the governments over, all away from Afghanistan and Syria, and control the oil so that, you know, we could have a monopoly on the oil in the Middle East. And and, um, and the countries have never been the same. You can defend that war all you want by justifying – hold on a second – Justifying the war basically as, um, oh, they, you know, the terrorists attacked the Twin Towers. And honestly, 23 years later, nobody knows whether that was planned or not. I mean, there's a bigger portion of Americans that believe that 9-11 was planned than there are that just believe it was a terrorist attack. I know what... PBS and the government claim, but I have a feeling that, you know, you give it 25, 30 more years, um, it'll definitely come out. I know it will. Just like, uh, just like anything. I believe that there are, there are, there, there's clear evidence of black flag operations. And if you don't know what black flag operations are, it's basically, uh, what it sounds like. It just means that uh, attacks on our own citizens to for an agenda for ulterior motive to push something. So it's it's very plausible that we went to the Middle East. I turn down my mic a little bit. <clears throat> we went to the Middle East, and uh, well, first we needed an excuse to go to the Middle East because we were already talking about going to the Middle East before nine eleven. And then as soon as 9-11 happened, it was like, boom, oh, now we got an excuse. Now we got approval from Congress to start a war in the Middle East. Beautiful, you know? That's what happens. So 
I don't, uh, in, in regards to that article, I, I told him that I pretty much withdrew my, my opinion because all it seems to do is create a rift in our country that we constantly need something that every single person that has two legs and two arms and a dick or a pussy for that matter, um, walking on the street, it needs, they needed a fucking opinion about whatever's going on in the world, whether that's something as stupid as, do you believe that girls with dicks should be in the women's bathroom or it could be as serious as the war in Israel? Who the fuck cares? Honestly, I have my opinion. You have your opinion. Who the fuck cares? What is your opinion in the United States going to do? Are you going to stand on the side of the road and have us hold a sign that says Israel is Israel is correct in waging war on Hamas? First of all, if you're a mother that would yell at your older uh, son for punching your younger son despite your younger son punching him, then you should totally be for Palestine because, listen, this conflict has gone on since 1940-something when Britain urged the United Nations to split the uh, Palestinian area into two separate states to come about the nation of Israel. Um, And that was backed by Jewish Zionists who wanted a nation for Israel and for Israel only, you know, Jews place, returning the Jews to their rightful place. Even though for those of you don't, that don't know the Jewish people left, um, after, Jesus's time, if you know anything about the Bible, they left and uh, then, you know, Arabs, Palestinians moved into there. And then uh, in recent years, they've been wanting to exterminate. And I don't use that word lightly, by the way. Exterminate. So they're dividing and conquering the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. And they have cut the power and they have stopped food trucks from going in and they have done things to sabotage them. Now, did Hamas throw the first punch? Fucking maybe. But 1,400 Israeli casualties versus 100,000 Palestinians. And it's close to 2 million casualties or 2 million people have been displaced since the beginning of the conflict in that region of the Palestinians. The Jewish people, there has only been 500,000 that have left the Jewish or Israel. That's those numbers are astonishing. And it's only because western powers have backed Israel repeatedly to control the interests and to keep Arabs at bay and you know, it's uh, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of their everybody needing a fucking opinion. I could tell you my opinion. You could get mad or you could agree. But what's that going to do? Are you going to go fight for Palestine? Are you going to go fight for Israel? You know? What is what, what is you listening to a podcast of some idiot behind a mic that says, oh, you know, 
I do think uh, free Palestine. What, 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 what does that do for you in your everyday life? And that's exactly what I told my dad. I said, fuck it. You know, I don't care. I mean, it's not that I don't care. I do care about what goes on in the world. But your first priority should be your front yard. And what I mean by that is what's going on in your community. A lot of people know more about what's going on 3,000 miles away versus what's going on in their own communities. Like what's going on in your own local government. A lot of people, I would say probably 75% of Americans, except for Karens, of course, don't even know about their local elections. They don't know who's a judge, who's a treasurer, who's, you know, the uh, even the attorney, uh, the fucking I know, brain fart, the, the fucking attorney, attorney general. Is it attorney general? Yeah, I think it's the attorney. I think so. Yeah, the attorney or whatever the fuck. You know, they don't even know who their librarian is. You know, but you know, you know the fucking, you know everything going on around the world. And listen, 40 years ago, nobody gives a shit. Nobody knew. It would literally have to be published in your local paper for you to know, like pre-internet. Pre-internet, it was word of mouth or local paper. You would have to travel to areas to read their paper to know what the fuck's going on in their area. Or, you know... TV back when the the president would address the nation and shit. That's the only time you would know anything. So why the fuck, you know, you people go on Twitter every fucking morning and get all fucking butthurt about something that's going on in another country. I mean, the United States, you know, you, this may be a shock to some of you, but the United States has been the villain uh, historically since <laughs> probably since after the British were stopped being the villain. Because the British, you know, British are OG white people, OG colonizers. They they went all around the world colonizing everything. You know, they held on to India until they couldn't hold on to India anymore. So, you know, no country, no white country, I should say, is free of blood on their hands from um, colonizing. Because we wanted to be free from the British. The British controlled us. And we had the Civil War. We broke free from the British. Or not the Civil War. Fucking God damn it. The... That wasn't the Civil War. That was a different war. <laughs> Fucking whatever the goddamn war was that we threw the British out and dumped all the tea in the fucking river and shit. All right. I'm not a fucking historian, and it's getting harder and harder to know fact from fiction in this climate. But anyway, you know, ever since that point, we have kind of, once America grew into a fucking, you know, once we surpassed Britain, for whatever reason, once a country gets strong enough, we just go, oh, well, we can take over other countries now. You know, we we took over Hawaii and... You know, we take over all these countries, and U.S. citizens are no, you know, they're no smarter. They don't know any, you know, they don't know what actually happened until now. You know, since the Internet, the Internet has literally been the government's biggest enemy because now all their shit is out in the open. It's no longer, it's no longer hush-hush. 
you know, and, and TikTok and Instagram and all these social media platforms aren't helping them either because they used to get away with a lot of shit in the military. Now they can't because people broadcast everything, you know, which is, it has its uh, pluses and it has its negatives, you know, because now we have a country that, you know, you can't, you really can't do anything um, without being recorded. And, you know, that's sometimes a good thing, sometimes a bad thing. I think it's more often, more often than not, it's a good thing. It's, uh, it's accountability. It's holding people to a higher, uh, higher standard than in times past. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's a very good thing, especially when it comes to things, uh, regarding race and equality. It's a good thing to check, you know, because, 60, uh, 60, 50, 60 years ago, you know, there's still people alive today and that might blow your mind because a lot of Republicans and far right people like to say, Oh, slavery was such a long time ago. Like Jim Crow was not that long ago. There's people still alive today that went through segregation. Like that's, that's fucking insane. That should make your head spin. That because I mean, because it seems like such a long time ago, but it was literally the fucking sixties. It was like the fifties. There were restaurants that black people couldn't eat at. You know, there was water fountains that black people couldn't use in the South, in the Jim Crow South. So it wasn't that long ago. I mean, fifty, nineteen fifty, was seventy four years ago. There's people that were born. There's people that could have been 10 back in 1950 and still be alive today. They'd be 84 years old because it's 2024. So, I mean, what the fuck is what the fuck is that? And another thing that blows my mind is that people think that it's just all no. There's no racism. There's no there's no institutionalized racism anymore, or there never was. Like Nikki Haley saying that there are there's so so many people that say racism doesn't exist. Well, what fucking does then? Because how do you explain it? What do you call this? Did you invent another word and it's a gotcha? Like that's not racism, you silly bitch. That's that's prejudice. <laughs> you know, like shit does exist, and the quicker you just say it does the faster the faster we can move on and you know but how do I how do I describe this I mean it was 19 I don't know the exact date but it was 1940 let me just say 1940 um which is honestly before the 1950s so 1940 was the end well not 1940 but the 40s was the end of World War Two. Now what now what happened in World War Two that people are still talking about today? Like it was yesterday. Oh. The Holocaust. And the only reason I bring this up is because there's a lot of Jewish people that are right wing. It's the same people that say get over slavery and get over racism. Or the same people that Literally go on social media and cry about their entire family being taken out in World War II. 
but World War II was right in that same era. So you telling black people, hey, how about you get over it? How about you get over four uh, four hundred years of four hundred years ago there was slavery? How about you get over that? How about you get over racism in America? How about you get over why you can't buy a house in America in in the neighborhood you want to because of redlining? How about you get over that? You know. But hey, when you talk about the Holocaust, you better have some fucking respect because I lost my entire family in the Holocaust. And people are always making fun of me and making fun of Jews. Nobody has respect for Jews. And it's like, well, maybe because you guys are double standards. You know, I, I don't know why everybody makes fun of Jews. You know, they're, they're a very easy target. I'll put it that way. I mean, a lot of Jewish people run media in this country. A lot of media executives in this country are Jewish. There's a lot of Jewish people in Hollywood. And the fact that they get made fun of on their own networks, I don't know. I don't know. But everybody gets made fun of one way or another. But it's it's the fact that they downplay African the African-American experience in this country because I'm Jewish. My I went through worse, you know. And honestly... I would probably take the gas chamber over 200 years of being somebody's slave, being beaten and whipped and and hung up and killed and seeing my family members raped and seeing my wife raped or seeing my kids raped and, you know, an endless cycle of um, white superiority being forced on me and my family because we were just poor Africans that were snatched off of are in our out of our homes and put on a boat where half of us didn't even survive because we were covered in shit stacked up like pieces of wood. I think I'd probably take the showers, honestly. You know, I I know that the prison camps were you know the same thing and it could be painted the exact same way that you know they were riled up and they were put on trains and they were sent to these prison camps and and they were you know uh, sent to the showers to be to be gassed and all this stuff, but it's not a pissing contest. We can both say that both events are terrible. You don't need to downplay one to elevate another one. You could say both were terrible. How are we going to deal with this? And uh, the perfect example of how we're going to deal with this is Germany has had statues everywhere. That's the difference between Germany and America's crimes against humanity. I think they're both crimes against humanity. If you think that the Holocaust was a crime against humanity, then enslaving an entire race of people, whether it's black people, whether it's Indians and in Arab countries, whether whatever, it's all a crime against humanity. And the fact that we don't treat every single one of them as the same is just bizarre to me. You know, the difference in how we as a country deal with our past is very stark compared to countries such as Germany. Germany recognizes, Hey, we fucked up, you know, they, and they don't let anybody forget it. They have statues and memorials everywhere in Berlin throughout Germany of the Holocaust. Were they ordered to do that? No, they were not. They were ordered to pay, for all the 
war crimes. You know, it bankrupted Germany. Terrible. It bankrupted them. But the difference is very stark. Because while Germany's putting statues up, memorializing the Holocaust, America's wanting to tear any any reminder of slavery or any reminder of Jim Crow, they don't want any of it. And they call it uh, SRT or MRT, where the fuck it's called, CRT. Um, and they think that that's teaching white kids to hate themselves. And I've, I've literally heard a lesson in Germany taught about the Holocaust and the Nazis. And it's not. It's not that. It's anything but that. How is teaching our kids history correctly how is that going to teach them to hate themselves it is it is teaching a generation hey this is what the fuck we did in the previous generations and this was the outcome we fucked up this is what happened it's not hey you motherfucker you're the reason that you know black people hate us so much that's not what it is it's accepting that you fucked up and you move on. It doesn't need to be this big thing. But I, I recognize why this is an issue. Because if Republicans and politicians uh, at large don't have its citizens fucking bickering back and forth about something stupid, then they start looking at them and what they're doing. You know, oh, uh, why, why do you got to, why do you got to, you know, a million dollar house. You know, aren't you a civil servant? Or, you know, why why are these tax breaks only going to the rich? You know, we can't have that. In a populist society, which is what we live in, okay, anybody that tells you that can suck a dick. We live in a very populist society where the top 1% try to, you know, act like they, um, like they're one of us. And try to point other problems out. You know, hey, you know, your boss is a dick, but you know, that black guy kneeled kneeled during the flag. You know, that kind of thing. Hey, the owner of your company just made $300 billion last year, and you didn't make shit. But hey, look at that black guy kneeling, kneeling for the anthem. You know, that kind of thing. He whisper in your ear about this stuff. Like, hey, why are you being mad about my money? You see that guy right there? He doesn't have a dick and he just walked into the fucking men's bathroom. Isn't that fucking crazy? You know, it's all that stuff. It's all distractions. It's all binders on your head. It's it's propaganda that's supposed to, it's, it's made to uh, make you angry at each other. And, you know, I did my first episode about Tom McDonald, okay? And that's one thing that I'll tell you that he is correct, that the government wants you to to fight amongst each other, but not in the way that fucking he says. That's for sure. You know, he, he's he's preaching against civil rights, in my opinion. Uh, well, we got time for we got time for a quick story. What on the white end, shall we? So, um, me and my wife were, we went, uh, into the city, uh, the other day to get something to eat. We wanted to go out to eat and, uh, 
We couldn't decide on what we were going to eat. I'm saying eat a lot, but that's beside the point. So we arrived at the place that we were going to eat at. And it was uh, it was about noon, I would say. About 11.30, noon o'clock, or noon. I wanted a lunch. So we went to this Greek place, and it was a coffee shop. It was a coffee and brunch place. I, I wasn't crazy about it. I wanted Greek food, falafel, you know, Greek fries, if you're in the know. And um, it's just what I was craving. So we're standing there in the line because uh, there's fucking shit ton of people in there small restaurant and every every table's taken my back's up against the door so now i'm the fucking doorman for anybody leaving or coming in and so we're there about for 15 minutes waiting and the line's moving very slow because it's like a it's like a greek it's like a greek turkish uh mediterranean breakfast place so there's a lot to that goes into your meal it's more of an experience and uh, I keep looking across the street, and there was a Mediterranean place that uh, we had eaten at before, and then uh, there was one that we hadn't eaten at before. And so, for whatever reason, uh, we agreed to go to the one that we never ate one before. And we walk in, and the place is fucking dead. I'm telling you, dead. It's at it's lunchtime on a Sunday. And it's completely dead, my man. We walked in. There's like two old people in there. There's like four total old people. And there's this. The owner of the place was running around doing the front of the house work. So he was serving. I recognized the owner because his fucking face is in an article in the front. So I knew right away. Old guy. Probably. Greek guy and is probably he's probably 80 years old based on how he's shuffling around that restaurant and at this moment as soon as you walk into a dim dark uh dark I'm trying to paint a picture for you so you walk through the front door very old storefront you walk through the front door and there's no music on and you uh they have black or dark wood panels all around the place it looks like somebody's living room and there's tables and tables all over the place. Nobody's sitting at them. Old pictures on the wall, family members, ancestors, you name it. Pictures of the docks and Greece and all this. Now, at this moment, I didn't know how many people were working today until I sat down. He said, sit anywhere. So we sit down, and he brings us the menus, and then I notice that there's probably... Just him working here, okay? Looking at my wife, I'm like, uh, yeah, we should just, we should just leave. We should just, you know, he'll never know we're gone. As soon as he turns, ding, out out the front door. She's beginning to feel bad for him because she's like an old people humanitarian. It's like, oh, he's so old and he's, you know, he's shuffling around, around the restaurant and, you know, he's, he's shaking like an epileptic on cocaine, you know, he's, um, and this is like an old school Greek guy, like first generation Greek. He came to America, American dream, own a Greek restaurant and we're sitting there and he, uh, 
he's kind of shuffling around uh, to serve the other two customers that are in there. Yeah, I'm looking at it like, let's fucking leave. You know, let's go next door to the place that we know is good because there's two Mediterranean places next door uh, or one next door. You know, there's two next to each other. And uh, so we're sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. And he comes up. He's like, um, yeah, fuck. Oh, he wants, you know, hummus and pita. And my wife's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll take that. And uh, I said, hey, uh, I start like, I go to the front because we're sitting back. We're sitting in the back of the restaurant and uh, back by the kitchen because we're like faster service. You know, he can't walk very fast. And uh, so we're we're sitting back there. And I'm like, oh, where's the bathroom at? I remember walking the front door. And really what it is is you walk through the front door and there's like a trophy case in the middle of the fucking restaurant, you know, with, you know, I don't know, artifacts from Greece. Uh, and I'm like, I can't remember if I saw like, you know, how hallway where the bathroom is. So I start walking around and he immediately knows what I'm looking for. So he tells me that the bathroom is past the kitchen. I said, oh, okay, well, this is different. So I'm walking through the kitchen, uh, like around the counter and through the kitchen, and I see the second worker. So there's two there's two people there. And uh, I had to move his stool out of the way to get to the, to the bathroom. So I don't think many people go to the bathroom at this place because I can't imagine – like little old ladies, like you know, traveling through the kitchen, you know, a dinner rush to go to the bathroom in the back. But uh, I get in the bathroom and it's like, whoo, time travel back to Greece in 1970. They got they got all their family family portraits up there, you know, everything just lined the wall. Anyway, that's a small detail. Back to the story. So I get back to the to the table, and we basically decided to. Just get dessert because it's the quickest way out of here, in my opinion. So we ordered baklava, and she ordered some cake with whipped cream on it. We get done eating, and um, so we hurry up and fucking pay for this meal. Everybody's starting to come in now. There's customers, and customers keep coming in. I'm like, fucking suckers, dude. You guys are going to be here for two fucking hours waiting on this guy to get your gyro from the back kitchen, you know, walking, you know, up there. Nice guy, nice guy, nice guy, but very old. Um, probably should not be serving tables that old. I wouldn't want to be. That's not a very good. Um, it's not a very good pulse on how good your business is doing. Anyway, the funniest part of the story is we're getting. We walked out finally. We fucking survived. Uh, I felt like I was being held captive there because it was kind of one of those things that's like, oh, you know, the guy's so nice, and you know, we don't want to leave. And it's like my wife left a seven dollar tip for two desserts and two coffees. What the fuck? You know, that's how much compassion she was having for this old guy. And she was like, well, whatever. So we get out, out into the, out into the street, fresh air. want to fucking run for my life. Uh, we're walking back to the car. There's this old guy again. Uh, old guy with a walker. He was stuck on the curb. He was, uh, you know, so me and my wife helped him because we're just great people like that despite what the fuck you think from listening to this podcast. And uh, he goes, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we're walking away. And I was like, yeah, that's probably one of his workers, and he's late for work. Because <laughs> that guy's old as fuck, too. 
he's going to fire me after 60 years if I don't get to work on time. He's stuck on that curb the whole time until he walked out of the restaurant. I don't know. I'm probably going to hell for that. Everybody's wondering what we're laughing about. And I said, hey, you know, we helped the guy, so, you know, we have the right to laugh about it. You know, if you didn't help him, you don't have the fucking right to laugh, so shut the fuck up. But, yeah, that was uh, that was my brunch fiasco. And it's all because of the Greek restaurant that we usually go to is closed on Sunday that I didn't know about. So we eventually went to Jersey Mike's and ate a sandwich. That's how that went. You know, I know that's a very exciting story. This is, And that is the highlight of my life. Other than working, I do uh, have little, you know, stupid shit go on. And I tell you about it. That's the whole point of fucking podcasts is, is venting to you guys. And who the fuck else am I going to tell? You know, am I right? So... Just get over yourself. You're not that special. So anyway, I think that's going to do it for me. We're already 42 minutes. Fuck. We're already 42 minutes uh, over. So if you waited to the end, this is what you're going to wait for is a thank you from me. Have a wonderful weekend. And I mean it. I mean it. I mean you standing there listening, waiting on a subway. I mean, I mean it to you waiting in line at Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks. I mean it to you driving down to work. I mean it to everybody listening for this podcast. I appreciate you. And maybe you, maybe you're just cleaning the house and you're like, oh, fucking put this idiot on. Let's listen to what's going on in his life. Uh, I hope I'm changing all of your lives with this interesting groundbreaking podcast. I thank you very much for listening. And uh, you guys have a great fucking day. And I'll talk to you uh, next week. Later.